Hello, and welcome to the NLP Highlights Podcast, where we talk about interesting recent work in natural language processing. This is Matt Gardner and Walid Ammar. We are research scientists at the Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence. Uh, today, we, our guest is Nitish Gupta. Uh, he is going to talk to us about uh, his EMLP 2017 paper titled Entity Linking via Joint Encoding of Types, Descriptions, and Contexts. Uh, Nitish is a third-year PhD student at University of Pennsylvania, where he is working with Dan Roth and Samir Singh. It's a pleasure having, having you with us today, Nitish. Oh, thanks a lot for the invite, and I'm happy to be here. Could you tell us uh, like uh, an elevator pitch about uh, this paper? Okay, sure. So entity linking is a long-standing problem where you would want to ground uh, mentions of entities in text uh, to a knowledge base. Um, so apart from all the challenges, so an elevator pitch for this paper would be we try to encode different um, information sources or evidences for an entity in a joint representation um, for this entity. Um, so, so let me give an example and probably that would make it a lot clearer. So if you have a string, uh, a sentence that says, India plays in a match in England today. Um, so here you have two entity uh, mentions, which is India and England. Uh, but just by looking at the sentence, um, a human knows that the mention for India doesn't refer to the country, but rather a sports team or, or something else, but not exactly the country. So this makes the problem challenging. Um, but on the other hand, you know from the sentence that England refers to a location uh, in this sentence. So what we... so this shows that what you want to do in entity linking or what the requirement is that you need to understand um, that India is, a lo is probably a sports team, England is a location. You need to read the other context around this mention to find out that um, uh, what the sport is, for example, to um, refer this uh, mention in India to the correct entity. And you also need to read um, the description of entities from an encyclopedic um, source, say Wikipedia, to understand that, say, India cricket team is a sports team, um, and that could be written down as India in text. So, can we uh, back up just a minute? So, uh, when you say when you say entity linking, what you mean is we have some piece of text, and we have right. some collection of entities uh, in some right. knowledge base. And we want to find which words in this text refer to entities in the knowledge base, right? So you've been talking about this India example. My question right. is, um, where do we get this knowledge base? Like, it, are, are you just talking uh, about Wikipedia? Do we have other kinds of data sets? Oh, um, sure. So there are so many knowledge bases around. So Wikipedia, Freebase, Wikidata, there are other medical knowledge bases. But usually, uh, um, at least in literature, a lot of work on entity linking that is being focused is on is trying to link to Wikipedia. And hence, there are a lot of papers that also call this problem Wikification. So are, are the methods that you're using specific to Wikipedia? Could you use this with other things? Yes, so uh, we could use this with all knowledge bases. And I, yeah, that is one good part about, um, I think this model is that it is kind of knowledge base agnostic. So, so yeah, so you just need different kinds of evidences. So even in our model, we use two different knowledge bases. So we use um, the entity description, um, the textual description from Wikipedia, uh, but we use the fine-grained types of entities from Freebase. Um, so you can get information about these entities from any source available, and the idea is to jointly encode them 
in a dense representation for each entity. Okay, so I guess you can use any kind of knowledge base that has the kinds of information that you're trying to encode. So exactly. Can you remind us what are those different kinds of information that you're encoding? Sure. So, so in our paper, what we do is, um, as I said, we take the entity description. So say the first paragraph of each entity on Wikipedia, this could come from anywhere. We encode this using a convolutional neural network into a dense representation. Um, so this is one kind of encoding. The other is uh, the context in which this, this entity occurs in. So again, we exploit Wikipedia for this. So Wikipedia, Wikipedia text has hyperlinks to entities which are kind of these gold annotations for linking. So we know what kind of context this entity is mentioned in. So we encode the, this context using um, an LSTM um, into a dense representation. Um, these two sources are unstructured plain text um, sources. Then we have the structured uh, source of information, which is the fine-grained types um, from Freebase for each entity. And we encode these types. Um, there are multiple types for each entity we encode this into a dense representation. And then our objective is that for each entity, we need to learn our representation for an entity which is closer to all the all of these three sources. So when you said you have links to Wikipedia, at first thought that makes me think this is, this is specific to Wikipedia, right? Because what other kind of knowledge base is going to have these Wikipedia links that you can just extract? But uh, actually on second thought, um, uh, what that really means is just you have some, a few annotated mentions of right. each entity in some text somewhere, and you're just grabbing yeah. the local context around some piece of text that I know refers to an entity in the knowledge base. So I have to have done a little bit of work it, with some new knowledge base to have like labeled a few instances of each entity in the in the text so that I can use it as data. Is that is that right? Um, partly. So for example, if you have Wikipedia, that is enough for you for, for getting local context. Um, so, so now, for example, if you have a new knowledge base, say you have Freebase and you want to encode the relations for entities, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Um, and, there are, and there are new entities for which, you, for which there are, say, no Wikipedia pages. Um, even then this method would work. So, which actually, so, so for example, if you have um, a set of entities in Freebase and a subset of them occurs in Wikipedia, so for that subset, you have, say, two sources of information, the local context from Wikipedia and their freebase types. And for the other set, you only have freebase types. But this joint encoding, you can still do. So which goes to show that this mo model is actually robust to this incomplete information. You don't need all sources of information for all entities. So I, I wonder how much you lose by uh, giving away the context information. So let's say you have only types uh, right. for, uh, for a new entity. And, uh, right. or maybe you only have a description. Uh, I wonder right. how much each of these different components um, of the entity encoding uh, contribute. Oh, um, good question. And we have, uh, um, we have done study for this in the paper. So we call this the cold start setting. Um, so yeah, so let me just give a primer for this. So now that you have learned entity representations, but your knowledge base is increasing day by day. And the first, piece of information you would probably get is a, is a description and types and not this linked text. So what we do is we take out um, a lot of rare entities from Wikipedia, don't see them at training at all. Um, we train our model and then we don't want to retrain it. We only want to initialize or learn these new entity representations only using description and types. Um, and we don't lose a lot. So 
we t- tested this on the Wikipedia data, and our performance from around 88% um, goes to around 80% uh, when we use only description and types. But a good a point to note here is that these are very difficult mentions in which the prior, and we don't use any kind of priors, um, and there are at least around six candidate entities per mention uh, string. So it is indeed a difficult setting to evaluate on, and we don't lose much. I hope that answers your question. Well, how how does this compare to the setup where uh, you actually have also mentions? So the seventy nine point five, what what number should we compare it to? You should compare it to the eighty eight uh, in the paper. Not the most fair comparison, but still yes, that is kind of the ceiling um, that you you can compare it to the eighty nine for Wiki. Okay, so in table three, you show that uh, the entity description uh, only will give you about uh, 65% uh, percent accuracy. Right. Uh, adding only the fine green types give you 73.7%. Uh, so it right. seems like uh, adding each of the description, fine green types, and also dimensions contribute significantly to uh, to the accuracy, to improving the accuracy. Yes, so so again in that table, the last row says 79.5, which is when you jointly encode description and types. Um, yeah, so adding each of the information sources, yes, definitely gives you more improvements. So uh, one thing that's not uh, very clear to me is how do you combine uh, multiple mentions? Uh, so I think in, in the key to this is uh, equation number one, where you... Um, where you describe the the probability, um, so the joint like log likelihood of the model as uh, the sum over all dimensions, and for every uh, for every mention you compute the probability the log probability of um, the correct uh, entity that sub, that this mention should link to. Um, yes. And then you uh, you 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 have uh, a number of candidates. Uh, right. Ne- negative. You sample negative uh, negative entities. Um, right. to, to compute this, to estimate this probability. Um, exactly. so, so my, my question is, does this benefit or harm uh, particular entities which show up in a lot of mentions? So what, 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 what is the effect of this formulation of the, uh, of the loss function uh, regarding entities with uh, very various degrees of, uh, uh, with various frequencies? Okay, good question. We didn't do explicit um, experiments for that where we would evaluate based on the frequency of the entity. Uh, but I would want to say, I hope, I, I don't think it should affect a lot, as in it should not negatively affect it. Uh, obviously, more data is always helpful, but it, it should not negatively affect it. I see. Uh, okay, so uh, basically, you add up the information, the, uh, the different components. So if we have multiple multiple pieces of information, we just add it up, uh, which in the log space, it, it amounts to multiplying the probabilities uh, for, for these entities. Um, yes. It, it, it's kind of what we do when we're learning embeddings also, uh, for, for the most part. Uh, for example, in, in Skipgram models, we're doing also the same thing, uh, and different words will have different frequencies. Right. So... Uh, if I could um, summarize a little bit to see if I'm understanding this right. So you're trying to find which entities in text map to which knowledge base entities. The way you do this is you build a model that embeds entities using different kinds of information from your training data. Like right. you look at local context around labeled instances, 
you look at the types right. and the knowledge base for this entity and other kinds of things. You learn a, an embedding model that trains entity embeddings to match right. um, the encoding of the local context and the encoding of the entity's types and other things. And then, right. it, and then at test time, you get some candidate entities and you uh, um, look at the local context of right. the mention and you, just, right. and, and you find the best match to the uh, entity embedding. Is this right? Yes, so you use the, the already trained local context encoder. You would encode this test context and then you would find the nearest neighbor in some sense okay. uh, cool. among the candidates. So uh, it's been many years since I read, uh, since I followed the entity linking wikification kinds of papers. Uh, sure. it, it seems like um, those papers use very similar kinds of information to what you're doing here. So um, is that true? Like, are you using different information or are you just encoding it differently? Like what's, what's novel about what you presented in this paper? Sure. So, um, so first of all, uh, I don't think there's any work which used all, all these informations jointly. There have been work which used description and context or types and context, uh, but not all so sources jointly. And, uh, and so the other good part about this is, which was different from other models, is that it is very modular. So it is very easy to add new sources of information, um, which also makes it very robust to incomplete information. Um, so I think that is what I would call the novelty of this work as. Okay. When, when I first read this paper, I, I got uh, excited because it uh, it evaluated on multiple different uh, evaluation uh, sets uh, without adapting the model to each of them. So I feel like that's uh, that that's a major uh, contribution of this paper. Uh, do you have any comments on this? Um. Sure. Um. Yes. Exactly. So I completely agree with that. Uh. So the hope on using these complex neural networks these days is that they generalize well to different kinds of data, but uh, most of the work in EL doesn't exactly evaluate on that. Uh, most of the prior work would train different models for different uh, data sets, train them on the manual annotated data, whereas we only uh, try to use the incidental supervision already available freely on Wikipedia and still show that it performs competitively well across data sets, um, which I think is definitely needed in a large scale um, information extraction model like entity linking uh, because your label space changes so dynamically with different data sets. So you can't be kind of um, overfitting to the peculiarities of different data sets um, and that might not generalize um, to different data. So that's a good, a good segue to uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, the data sets that you actually used for in the evaluation of this paper. Um, sure. So. Um, Right. So the first evaluation, uh, the most important one, is um, that we show that adding different sources of information um, and combining them jointly actually yields into a better entity linker. Um, so when we say just use context, we get a certain performance, but adding description and types uh, uh, jointly helps uh, perform better. We also show that we perform or outperform current state-of-the-art methods um, on three or four of the data sets. Um, then as I alluded to before, uh, we show that this model can be extended um, to working on new entities uh, by just using the description of types uh, without having to retrain any of the previous trained model. Um, then we also have a small evaluation where we show that it is also able to do 
um, competitive uh, fine grain type prediction for mentions. Um, so that there is this other objective uh, which we don't exactly evaluate on or we don't uh, optimize on that exactly, but we still can do very good um, fine grain type prediction. So this model can also be used for that. Uh, so, so among the four data sets that are used in, uh, in that are described in section five, um, right. there is the Wikipedia data set is not, I don't know if it's, it's a fair comparison because you are trained, you're training on Wikipedia, uh, you're training right. the entity embeddings on Wikipedia, and there, right. there may be some overlap uh, between the instances used in this evaluation and uh, uh, that is used in training. Or did you make sure that there's... No, we, uh, yeah, yeah we, made, we made sure we took out uh, all the test set of Wikipedia from our training data. Perfect. I see. And, yeah. and the ACE uh, data sets are uh, based on news, is that right? Um, yes. Yes. So the AS04 was annotated um, for entity linking, I think, by Ratanov and Roth. Uh, and the S05 was annotated uh, by Benty Wogley in 2010 for entity linking. Yeah, those are the news data sets. I see. So I'm not. Uh, so it's not surprising that you get uh, state-of-the-art results on uh, on the Wikipedia data set, but not on the news uh, and the S05, uh, because the news will definitely the style used in the news will be different than what you're learning the embeddings that you learn it from. Is that right? Um, sure. Um, that is true. But, um, I would, yeah. So again, I would want to make the point that the comparison to state of the art is not exactly fair because we don't even use the training data from these data sets. We don't even fine tune on them. Um, so I think, yeah, obviously we don't beat the state of the art, but we are, we are very close without even using that. Um, an experiment to show how it could hurt is actually in table two. Um, so where this ADA system was trained on Connell 2003 and then tested on A04 and its, its performance dropped quite significantly. I see. Yeah, I mean, the promise of the paper is that we can, we can learn this, uh, the, the entity linking model uh, parameters using the setup that you described, and then we, can, we should be able to use it in multiple, for multiple different domains. Uh, so that, that's really what we're, uh, what we're interested in evaluating. Right. But yeah. I, I agree, it, it, you, don't have, you haven't used the same amount of information that are available to the, other, to the competing systems. Uh, oh, but really the sure. question is how far are we, if we, if we use this approach, how far are we going to be from the state-of-the-art results uh, on these particular domains? Um, oh, just by using Wikipedia data? Right. Or I guess the other question is, how do you extend this work so that you can uh, basically get the best of both worlds? Sure. Um, one thing that has, uh, that has intrigued me, and I think I will work on it, is kind of uh, making this a semi-supervised model. Um, I think that's a very cool... Um, of cool work to extend this to is where you can where you can train it in an unsupervised way um just like say plato did um on on the domains you want it to uh on you you wanted to test on without needing label data i think that will close the gap quite significantly um without having to require label data then obviously if you if you're if you certainly care about a certain domain i think getting a few labeled examples um, is, is probably not the wrong way thing to do if you actually care about a certain domain. Right, that, that makes a lot of sense.
So switching gears just a little bit, I want to push on this cold start evaluation a little bit. So you have a section where you evaluate, and we talked about this briefly uh, earlier in this conversation, where right. um, you get a new entity in your knowledge base, <clears throat> right. and you need to make predictions on it uh, in like a cold start kind of setting, and find right. find dimensions for this entity. Right. Um, and I. I think you make a bit of a deal that, like with neural methods uh, that train entity embeddings, you're going to have a really hard time with this because mm -hmm. um, you won't have seen this entity, so you won't have had an embedding for it. And right. you solve this problem by uh, in not representing entities as vectors directly, but as compositions of features of those entities in order to um, get a vector for it. Does that does that make sense? Is that fair? Exactly, exactly. And and there are other approaches that do that as well. So primarily in the relation extraction um, field, so where they would, um, yeah, ex exactly, express entities as a combination or a composition of the words in it or their types or, or some other features. And yeah. we use features that we do, yeah. Right, I, I just wonder if this is something of a manufactured problem for neural methods because like we've always been able to do this. When, when you get a new entity, you featureize it and it's the features that get input to your model. Your, the model already has learned features for, for weights, or sorry, learned weights for these features. Um, and so it, it has never been a problem. It's only a problem because some neural, some naive neural methods uh, just learn a single vector for each entity that's not parameterized in any way other than a weight for each entity, right? Um, yes. So I, anyway, it's, it's not a problem with your, with your paper. It's just uh, pointing out that that, that we're, com we're coming back to um, what we did, but like, I guess we're learning, we're learning through your paper and other, and other papers that this is actually the right way, I think, to encode things in neural nets instead of trying to learn entities for, learn vectors for, for things that really should be featureized. Um, probably yes. I don't know, but, well, what, like word embeddings are, are a counterexample, right? So some things you, you really do want to pre-train. I guess, I guess it's an interesting question how much, right. how much you want to, just associate features with individual uh, things in your model versus have them parameterized in some other way. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, so if I understand that correctly, you're trying to ask what should be the atoms in your model uh, for which you need these fixed kind of representations and what are the atoms you would want to parameterize? Yeah, that's, that, that's a really good way of stating it, yes. Um, so, okay, um, yeah, so even if you look at uh, just look at the entity linking literature. It started out where models would, where there would be these distance-based, similarity-based models where you would parameterize the entity just based on features, and there was never this problem of cold start. Uh, uh, but I still think in an information extraction paradigm, you might want to have different, like a dense representation for an entity. Um, I'm, I don't have concrete uh, like experiments to show it, uh, but I think there is it is this problem of kind of this memory or or knowledge about this entity that you would want to keep saving in a dense representation, um, which I think is happening in this model. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Like if you have if you if you have a lot of information about entities, it makes sense to store it in in some um, I don't know what the right word is like non-atomic way is probably a good way of saying it. Just like for, oh, yes. For, yes. for language modeling or other kinds of things, <clears throat> it makes a lot right. of sense to have uh, an atomic representation for the word the, but a parameterized representation for a name because, right. or, or other kinds of things, right? And, right. And so, exactly. 
Okay, yeah, that's that's a good good response. Yeah, and in word embeddings, I think you probably get saved because the vocabulary of the language doesn't change so often, but the vocabulary of entities is ever growing. Um, all right, I think that's uh, that's all that we uh, wanted to talk about in this paper. Um, thank you very much for uh, joining us today, Nitish. It's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you.